0: Customer service is everything for most businesses that last the distance. Our customer loyalty to a brand or business leader can be shaped by our experiences every day and sometimes our feedback is heard, noted and more importantly, positively acted upon and sometimes, well, it's not and the results can mean the end of the road for that business if that's a recurrent theme. After all, there's always another airline to fly, another makeup brand to use or another car that we could buy. My guest today is Winston Too the founder and CEO of Luxo Living, Australia's leading online boutique furniture store. he is a trailblazer in the e-commerce sector and has been selling products online since 1999 before the arrival of eBay in Australia. Winston was an early facilitator of groundbreaking customer service tools, including built-in shipping platforms, which saw Luxo Living saving over $300,000 within the first year. As he commemorates 21 years at the helm, Winston has grown Luxor Living into a leading online retailer that boasts an annual turnover of $22 million. It offers impeccably made, comfortable home-styling pieces at an attractive price point. The brand has actually used its customer complaints as avenues to pinpoint areas of growth, allowing it to compete against top brand names in its categories such as Amazon, Catch and Temple and Webster. So I warmly welcome Winston to the politics of everything.
1: Welcome. Thanks, Amber, and thanks for having me on the podcast today.
0: Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Since 2017, I have relied on Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution to make the process quick and painless, the way podcasting should be. If you know me, I'm pretty obsessed with quality guests, quality content, and quality sound, and that's what Zencaster allows me to do. Not to mention, it's really easy to use, even for my guests that aren't particularly tech-savvy. There's nothing to download, they just click on the link and we start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post production all in the one tool, you don't have to leave your browser to get each episode done. I want you to have the same great experience that I do for all my podcasts and content needs. So I have a special offer for you. If you go to Zen.ai forward slash politics of everything and enter this promo code, you'll get 30% off in your first three months when you sign up to Zencaster Pro. That's Zed. E-N dot A-I, Politics of Everything. It's now time to share your story. Excellent. So, I want to ask, what did you want to be when you were a kid? I don't know, was furniture always in your family or how did you sort of get from, you know, I guess, childhood Winston to where you are today?
1: Yeah, well, I've always wanted to be in IT, actually. Um, But even, you know, at one stage, I wanted to be a programmer, but I was worried about getting RSI at an early age. So, Oh, it's very uh, yeah. sensible of yeah. you. <laughs> I didn't end up doing that, but uh, I knew I wanted to do something in, in the IT world.
0: And did you actually study IT or what? What did you do a degree or what did you do straight out of school?
1: No, I didn't actually. I kind of was really into the computers and that during high school. But in uni, I decided to do a course in psychology and felt that wasn't really for me. So uh, back into the kind of IT world, I went after that.
0: Excellent. So customer feedback and customer service are obviously very much interlinked. What is your view of each as a valuable way to manage your business or essentially any business, generally speaking?
1: Yeah, so I do think, you know, customer feedback is very important and, and we use that to shape our customer service offering, our customer support you know, to to improve different areas of the business. So, you know, the customer will tell you, you know, what they want. They'll tell you what they don't like about you. Sometimes they'll tell you what they do like about the business. You need, I think you need to take both, you know, the positives and the negatives. And, and you know, that's really going to drive change in the business uh, to improve the customer service, give the feedback to the teams, to, to train the teams on what to do, what the customer wants.
0: And, and how many people are actually working in your business in that sort of customer-facing role? I mean, how, sort of, how much of that is that a part of what you do?
1: Yeah, at any time we have about 15 to 20 uh, people in the customer service and support teams.
0: Yeah, so it's a a reasonable number of people. I guess the question I have for you is it's kind of a bit loaded, but you know, the idea that customer is always right. I mean, that's not always true, I guess. And so how do you manage, I guess, expectation versus the reality of running a business? Because obviously feedback is important, but not every piece of feedback might necessarily be something which leads to a massive change in the business.
1: Yeah, I agree. The customer's not always right. I mean, look, we we deal with the general public. So out there, you've got people with different opinions, different values, different views on things. So, yeah, you know, if someone believes X and someone else believes Y, they can't both be right. But some of them are right. And uh, even if they're not, we we don't want to argue with them. You know, we want to still take their feedback on board to reduce the number of complaints because the goal really is to not get the complaint from the customer. And, you know, whatever we can do to reduce that is going to be good for the business.
0: And I imagine sometimes, you know, silence equals satisfaction. I know every time I have a great experience, I'm not necessarily giving that business feedback. It seems like the complaint box is usually more full than the compliments box. Is that your experience or does it sort of depend on, on particular products that you're offering?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's definitely easier to get the complaints. (laughs) They seem to be the more motivated ones to kind of go online uh, now and give their feedback. Keyboard
0: warriors.
1: (laughs) uh, Yeah, especially now that, you know, you don't need to show your face, uh, you know, with the online world, social media, that kind of thing. So it is easy to get complaints. And I think it's good to get complaints, Uh, not too many of course, but the complaints become useful if we do something about it, you know, but it's also good to get the compliments. And, you know, when we, let's say, have a team meeting or something, we'll start with a few compliments and say, look, this is what we're doing well, and then jump into the complaints to see, okay, what needs to be improved?
0: Absolutely. No, that makes sense. And it's good that you have that open discussion, because I guess within your team, people can learn from that as well, so that you're not duplicating, you know, similar issues in a siloed way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's the key point that you mentioned there, which is you've got to learn from it. So, you know, get the complaint, learn from it, talk to the customer. And it's always, you know, comes down to communication. A lot of the customer service training that uh, we, we give our teams is about how to communicate with the customer, you know, what to say, respond quickly, obviously be professional and polite. You know, it comes down to those basics. The customer really wants to know what's going on. I mean, issues always happen, you know, whether it's in business or in life, there's always going to be problems here and there. It's never going to be a perfect world. So, But when the issues do occur, it's, it comes down to the communication, how that happens with the customer.
0: Absolutely. So I want you to share with us an experience which I've been privy to just in preparation for today's conversation. Christmas Eve 2021 is a day that you will never forget. Tell us more what happened on that day and I guess what it meant for the business in terms of managing customer complaints. Of course, being mindful is the day before Christmas and tensions in retail are usually very high and I guess what you sort of allowed you to do in the business and maybe improve even the bottom line as a result.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately it wasn't a good experience, but it's definitely uh, a day you would not forget. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, um, yeah, we found out through friends, actually, who saw on social media. So the Department of Fair Trading in in New South Wales uh, issued a public warning about our company due to the number of uh, customer complaints that we had. So it was a bit of a shock and it came at a very bad time because normally in this situation we'd try to contact them, talk to them and, you know, maybe even argue and say, look, what's going on? Because we had sent them all the information they requested, the statistics and all that kind of thing. Uh, Didn't get any response, but this warning came out on Christmas Eve and, you know, it was impossible to contact anyone. So it was kind of a very challenging situation for us uh, and people who were on leave. uh, It was still kind of lockdown time, uh, I remember, at that time. So, we were not able to get hold of anyone for weeks uh into into January. But what it did for us is to kind of really start a project to turn around our customer service teams, our systems, you know to implement new systems to deal with complaints quicker to be able to resolve the complaints quicker, to retrain and restructure our teams uh who deal with the customers. Uh, so that we can give it much better customer experience. So that did really turbocharge and and, and fast track that. You know, we already had some things being implemented, uh, but that kind of sparked that extra attention and focus on that area, which, you know, in the end, we had from February a, you know, Google rating of 3.5 and uh, two months later we were at uh, 4.3, which is uh, we've been able to keep that uh, till today.
0: And obviously maybe it helped, I guess, you know, make more money at the end of the day because you could then address the pain points quicker.
1: Absolutely. I mean, a happy customer is going to tell their friends and and, and bring more customers Uh, and it's one of the best forms of advertising in business. So um, definitely.
0: Customer complaints, obviously, from the experience you've just shared, can unravel some of the kind of teething issues, which you may not even be aware of because, you know, you're just in the business and you're obviously the leader at the business. And while you might have conversations weekly with staff, you're not maybe every day dealing with customers Allowing you to maybe even curate what you stock. I imagine, you know, there's some lines which people love, some which they don't. Online sales has obviously allowed, I guess, the pace of purchasing to be quicker. And particularly in the last couple of years with lockdowns, you know, online sales were the only way we could buy products and services. Do you think that's made it easier or harder to navigate customer complaints? And is it probably a memory you have perhaps when you first started the business, you know, pre everyone being online all the time, where you think it maybe was better or worse? I mean, how would you sort of compare that evolution in the past 21 years or so that you've been part of Luxo Living?
1: Yeah, I think uh, technology and, and the internet has made it easier to track all these things. I mean, there's the systems to, you know, track number of complaints, reviews, compliments, almost in real time, you can get alerts and so forth plus the stats that like you can get stats a lot easier to gather the data on which products may be uh, causing issues or if there's certain issue with a product just to, to give you an example you know let's say there's a product and it could be a let's say a timber bed and we're, we're getting a number of complaints that you know there's a there's missing screws in the packaging for example we can easily calculate a percentage of, of this type of issue you know and if that goes above a certain level we'll actually stop selling the product and if uh, and work on the improvements whether we need to even open boxes here in the warehouse add parts or screws in there before we send out to customers we'll do that we'll stop the sales in the meantime so we don't get more complaints we'll work with the manufacturer to implement some improvements on their end, which could be, you know, it could be a change of staff or it could be, you know, adding a checklist to their, their production line process, right, so that they fill out a checklist that someone's responsible for adding the parts in. It could be things like that and little things that could make a big difference. And if, you know, if we do all this stuff and if it still doesn't improve the complaint rate um, or claim rate, as we call it, then we could decide to discontinue that product.
0: So your systems obviously have to be excellent so customer feedback can actually drive this change. Are there any sort of tools and and I guess must-haves that you think make your business sing a little bit when it comes to this stuff?
1: Yes, I think a review management system is, is crucial and there's a few out there you know, to to know as soon as possible when there is a complaint. Uh, the tracking of the complaints, such as using a tool like Zendesk, which has a ticket system, ticket-based system with reporting dashboards so we can see, like, which cases are taking a bit longer to resolve. We can see stats on that, and we can work on, you know, targets for reducing that kind of average time to resolve cases. Um, that That's definitely going to help. And then we have our own systems and uh, tools that we've created to drive the change and, and improvements back to the sourcing and, and uh, procurement side of things.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. I guess over time as well, you've probably evolved what you use, and, and it hasn't been the same all, all all the way along.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, and we have to uh, constantly improve things. I mean, something that works, you know, twenty years ago, or even five years ago, or one year ago, might not work very well right now. So, you know, obviously, obviously we keep the things that work, but uh, improve the ones that. Don't work or stop working due to the change in time, uh, or or things that need improvement. You know these tools need to be updated as well.
0: Absolutely. So changing tack a little bit, I always ask my guests um, a couple of questions, and I'm going to obviously ask you these ones as well today. Who have been your most important career or life mentors? Maybe one or two, and what have they taught you along the way?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, like I'm kind of like the person who. If I need to learn something, let's say I want to learn more about customer service or improve our customer service, I will look for people who are experts in that. Now, it could be just through a book. It could be, you know, now there's a lot of online things like YouTube and so forth, but there's a lot of wisdom and knowledge in, in books that are a lot more detailed in most cases. But, you know, in terms of Let's say motivation. I think Tony Robbins is a good one. Like always, uh, get, gets me fired up and really good with the motivation. And, and I heard, you know, I remember that uh, he, sa- he says, or it could be his mentor. Uh, I think Jim Rohn, who used to say, uh, education comes before motivation, but the motivation could argue the other way. You know, you have to be motivated. You got to have energy to be able to even learn. So
0: absolutely, I think they're symbiotic. I, I suppose to, to be successful.
1: Yeah, you can look at it both ways, right?
0: If we spoke again in a year's time, what would be your number one goal that you have hoped to have achieved? And perhaps that's in your business or it could be personally, and why?
1: Yeah, I think in the business, our goal is to really have a higher customer service rating than our competitors. Uh, and and that's, we're still on that path to.
0: You want five out of five
1: yeah, <laughs> every <a problem>. time.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And I guess you're going to make plans of how you're going to do that and we can check back in with you and find out how that evolved. So a final takeaway message for us today on the politics of customer feedback for anyone listening out there who's perhaps wrestling with some of the challenges that you've experienced.
1: Sure. Look, I think we mentioned before, the customer is not always right, but we should always take the customer feedback and, learn and, and try to improve something based on that. You know whether it's good feedback or, or bad feedback, you know, there's always a lesson in there if we look for it.
0: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to chat to you today, Winston. If you do want to connect with Winston too or we'll find out more about Luxo Living's offerings, uh, there will be some details on the show notes. Until next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through apple spotify and all the usual suspects i'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests so if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there please email me at amber at and my crew will get back to you very soon